Welcome back to the Wellness League podcast with your host Ella and today my friend is Jolene. Jolene is a CrossFit athlete, owner of the Movement Project Adelaide and one very strong girl. I met Jolene back when I was training CrossFit and I always remember lifting near her and watching her even take the boys for a run for their money when it came to the big lifts. So shall we jump in? Alright, you ready? Ready. Okay, first one. Who are you? My name is Jolene and I run a gym. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Just one big strong girl who runs a gym. Yeah, yeah. You could probably refer to me as the smiling assassin, as many of my people do. <laughs> yeah. uh, many of my members and like former PT clients. Um, cool. Either. Yeah. Good one. Alright, so what's your earliest memory of being fit? Um, It's funny, like I said, I was just listening to... Um, your last one on the yeah. way here and that was a question in that one as well and I was thinking in my head I was like I don't remember mm. because I remember feeling fit and then like my life would advance and progress and I would try different things like I used to do the less mill stuff like a you know a normal normal gym and then then I thought I was fit yeah and because I'd come from swimming I was half a right at swimming but I never felt very fit yeah I struggled with asthma which wasn't even discovered until I really got into the less mill stuff okay because I started seeing a sports doctor mm -hmm. for a completely unrelated reason and he put me on the bike and let me breathe so like you know maybe 11 12 yeah I struggled to breathe when I was swimming it's like every okay. competition I was like I just feel like I, I can do better than this mm. and it's just not there yeah and my mom took me to like lung doctors, like multiple ones, and they would just sit me down, have me breathe and be like, oh, no, your lung capacity is fine. But I'm like, yeah, but I'm not, I don't have this issue when I'm sitting. Mm. And, you know, at that age, you know, it's hard at this age being taken seriously by a doctor. Of at that age, not a chance. <laughs> so this sports doctor years later, I must have been 19, 20 at least. He put me on a bike. I don't know why he did that because it wasn't related to what I was there for. Yeah. But it's just probably part of his general like intake test. And he goes, oh, you have exercise-induced asthma. Here's a puffer. Oh. And, you know, I'm not using it anymore. I've sort of grown over it. But, yep. yeah, I definitely didn't feel fit when I was swimming. And that probably had a lot to do with it. Yeah. And what age did you start swimming? Was this, like, from a young age? Yeah. So I was about nine when I started. So relatively late to start your, like, childhood sport. Yeah. But... I don't know what I did until then. <laughs> At some stage, like, my parents made me pick a sport and I always enjoyed when we went on holidays and there was a pool, I would spend the whole day in the pool. I'm like, yeah. um, I think they tried other things with me before swimming and then they just gave up and let me <laughs> pick something. And then by that time I was nine and I picked swimming and I enjoyed swimming. Yeah. Um, probably better at it now. Knowing, like, just going back and this is, like, sort of what my answer to the question boils down to is like your life progresses mm -hmm. and your view on fitness and what you know to be the sort of the, the right thing and the right way to feel yeah and the right way to move like that changes of course yeah so once now, you learn about your body and learn about yeah. health and wellness and fitness more obviously your thoughts and enjoyments change yeah yeah obviously enjoyments change but also like your knowledge and like going back a lot yeah you know I thought I was fit when I was doing less mill stuff and then I started CrossFit and then you know I started competing <laughs> in CrossFit and I thought I was fit then but I still yeah wasn't as fit as like 
more recently when I'm doing some other things yeah. and I'm just feeling more fast in my body like I'm just moving very smoothly yeah. recently just also because I'm doing a very well-rounded program having oh, all those nice. like accessory things that mm. you don't necessarily have in traditional CrossFit gyms yeah that's honestly um, the dream though to be moving well <laughs> yeah it's so hard yeah. to find that like sweet spot yeah yeah my knees are hurting a bit today and yesterday but other than that mm. I'm generally like pretty quick to be able to start moving yeah so um, we met training CrossFit obviously together yeah Let's talk about that. When did you start CrossFit and how far did you get with it? So I started that sort of, I started doing those Les Mills things like very, yeah. like almost every day after I had a breakup. Yeah. I had like a high school boyfriend, we saw each other every day. And then <laughs> when we broke up at the end of high school, at the yeah. end of year 12, I was like, what do I do with my time? So I'd been going casually to the gym and I did enjoy it. So I started going more often and two of my friends from there opened the first CrossFit gym in my hometown. Oh, cool. And they're like, oh, yeah, come try it out. So, like, try it. And my very first session was a complex of a knees-to-elbow, toes-to-bar <laughs> pull-up. Oh, God. And I learned the very hard way to never do dishes or anything like that right before a workout with that kind of grip <laughs> volume. Yeah. I had four open wounds. Oh, God. Um, and when they had healed, I went back. And I was like, <laughs> I signed up for like a 10 visit pass. I was like, because I still still enjoying the last meal stuff and like the normal gym stuff I was yeah. doing around it. And I was like, it's just, you know, something to switch it up. I think the 10 visit pass lasted me like two and a half to three weeks. <laughs> and then I signed up. Yeah, um, how good. And then, yeah, from there, left Holland, did a stint in the US, did CrossFit there. Where did you train? Where were you living? Um, I was living in LA. Okay. And I was actually training and this was so like in hindsight, such bad timing because I was training out of CrossFit South Bay. Right. And the one in Hermosa Beach is where all the athletes went. Oh my God. When it was, when the games were still in Carson. So before they moved to Madison and I got there like late August. Yeah. So they'd all gone by then. And I left there in March. So So like just after the open or mid open. Yeah. Oh, I think, yeah, just after the open, I reckon I left. Yeah, it must have been the end of March because I remember doing the whole open there and, yeah, competing against some, like, friends from back home. Oh, wow. we had Friday night lights and they had Friday night lights. Obviously, their Friday night's lights were earlier because of time zones. Um, So, yeah, I always had their scores to be, like, I remember my then partner who mm. I just got together with had like the first workout so this was 16.1 which yeah. like chest bars overhead lunges <laughs> uh burpees over the bar and back like it was, it was I think it was a f- 20 minute AMRAP mm. and I got to his score at 16 minutes and I had four <laughs> more minutes to put rounds on him and it was like the best feeling that was I think that was my first and that was my first open as well. Wow. But yeah, so I didn't get to see any of the athletes, but I followed them obviously on Instagram and everything. So like, I think the games were still there that year. Yeah. Like later that year. And I saw all the pictures. Like, and Thor's daughter, everybody was oh. just training at that gym because they were one of the closest, like decent named yeah. CrossFit gyms. And like they had two locations and the other one was a bit bigger. Like 
a lot of the athletes would go there every year. Oh, God. And I'm like, oh, I missed out. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was a great time. Like, I learned a lot there also about nutrition. Yep. That helped a lot because I was doing CrossFit every day and I wasn't really, like, noticing anything. Mm. So I actually lost a fair bit of weight while I was there just from learning. Yep. And then came back to Holland, ate my weight in sushi <laughs> um, <laughs> because my ex was the skinniest person imaginable if not for eating constantly yeah um so he grew a bit over the course of our relationship and like put on weight and like, muscle but i put on weight too and then <laughs> had about a year back in holland struggling before coming to australia and yeah i was competing in holland in crossfit and everything and i was doing all right but still like in CrossFit, like, the more you weigh, like, the harder it is to oh, do pull-ups yeah. and everything and all those things. And But I, then you're the, you're the strongest in all the lifts. Yeah. It's um, so complicated. And, yes. But, like, I've noticed over the years that losing weight and getting leaner doesn't necessarily affect your lifting performance. So, okay. like, I've always been strong to start with. Mm -hmm. And then the first couple of months in Australia also, you know, went back on doing, like, the right things in terms of eating and everything and... I think that's roughly when I got to like my top in, in CrossFit in terms yeah. of like CrossFit performance, again, not fitness. Like I still feel like I'm fitter now than I was then. Mm -hmm. And just in, also just more generally more rounded and yeah. Yeah. Resilient and stuff. When um, was it? So when did you move to Australia? Uh, like for the, um, one of the first month, 2017. So February, 2017. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And then sort of by the end of that year, I did a qualifier for the Aussie Throwdown. Yes. It doesn't exist anymore. I think the guy it... who was organizing it moved to Canada or something. Oh, okay. Um, There's like similar Down Under events and stuff. Yeah. So the Down one. Under is a bit, like a lot bigger. Like yeah. that's a, yeah, almost a sectional, but, okay. uh, or yeah. a semifinal. But yeah, this was also like a, a national one. So I did the qualifier, went there to compete in January, 2018 and came third and I actually won money. Oh my God. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that was probably, and then I was really fit and like, were you competing against any athletes that are still around now? Um, yeah, there's actually one girl and she's, she was, I wasn't competing against her. She's the one from Melbourne who owns a gym just out of Geelong. She's from New Zealand though. And she's gone to yes, the games. I know who you're talking about. Like, she's a bigger girl. Yes. She owns CrossFit at Whiteside. Laura Clifton. Yes. Anyways, she was back then. So this was start of 2018. So she's been to the game since. Like, yeah. She's been on a team since. She was in the intermediate category. I was in the advanced. So I didn't compete against her. She right. was a level lower then. Other than that, not too many people like that are known. Yeah, now. On this side of the country, maybe. Yeah. Like there's one girl from uh, near Sydney. Her name's Meg now Davis. Okay. And she's been team like a couple of times at, oh, at right. Sunny's. Yeah. I still see her and she owns a gym there as well. Like I still see them show up at, at Sunny's and everything. Um, mm. She's had like two kids in between and she's just you know, right back up there. Crazy. So um, is that the furthest she got in CrossFit, like the highest level? I think so. Yeah. yeah. In terms of competing, like that year I wanted to do really well in the Open. Mm -hmm. And the year before, then Mode now Solid had a team. Yep. And I was hoping to, because I didn't qualify for the team in 2017 because I didn't move here before the start of the year. Oh, of course. Yeah. Because technically you have to I was be in the your second female in the gym. So I would have, they were a team of three. Yeah. I should have gone, but I didn't get to go because of, yeah. The rules. The rules. <laughs> Stupid fucking rules. And then, um, yeah. So then 2018 wanted to try again. And I think they, more rules. 
changed it to be a two person, like two females, two males instead of three. That's when the four team came in, right? Yeah, I think that's when I started following it. Yeah. So yeah, so it was six first, and then it was four. Yes. Meaning that there was a lot more gyms who had two strong males and females. Correct. Yeah. That were qualifying ahead of us. Mm. So we really like we were doing really well in like the team rankings until sort of James's score and like yeah. I think a couple of so other in people. the sole team who was in it. So you, James. No, so James wasn't in the oh, team. Really? So he we didn't qualify in the end. Oh, okay, but because, who was going up there with you? Um. I reckon it would have been Adam and Ben because Harry would have gone individual. James would have gone individual. Simone. Yes. So it probably would have been me and Danny Sr. Yes. Yeah. On, on the female side of things. But then that never happened because there were so many other like teams around the country who yeah. had two but not three strong people right. of each gender. Yeah. So it was much harder. Like we didn't qualify um, after like James and Harry's scores got sort of separated because they went individual. Yes, right. Um, so the rules fuck me over again. And <laughs> Bloody rules. <laughs> <laughs> rules. And I think that year after they cancelled regionals anyways. Oh, there's right. Some, there's something going on in 2019. They changed the layout of the, of the mm. season and everything. And sort of midway through that 2018 Open, I hurt my back as well. So yeah. that's sort of when my CrossFit sort of started going like downhill like I it took me almost a year for my back to fully yep like get better and it took a really long time um so I always remember when I joined Seoul it was June 2020 because I had just mm -hmm. got my job um coming out of COVID and I always remember walking into Seoul and like meeting you and being like oh my god I want to be as strong as her one day (laughs) we got like I got close to you but I could just never get the gymnastics side which yeah. I wasn't bothered about because I was always strength was always my thing yeah but yeah, yeah. I and like to remember that it always will be for me as well yeah. and yeah like after learning sort of what happened to mm. my back and like again it's a you learn and grow and yeah right when I came back from having that injury so I didn't do the 2019 open but then the 2020 open was at the end of that year that's just, right. I think I had just joined and it all got moved around because of COVID. Yeah. yeah. And now they've moved it back again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was the 2020 Open was the end of 2019. Mm-hmm. And like I was doing well again and I was fit and I was doing jiu-jitsu, which was a lot of more cardio fitness. So right. that really helped with that. And the very first workout, I don't know where I went wrong, <laughs> but it was a 10-round workout, 20.1. And I just went full send. And I had this girl there. Her name's Ella May, I think. There was another one. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. So she was my judge. And she was very randomly my judge. But she kept yelling at me. That entire worker, she goes, don't stop. Don't slow down. Keep going. And, like, I didn't expect that from her. Yeah. I hadn't seen that side of her. <laughs> I just needed someone to judge because I randomly ended up doing that workout on a Monday morning. Because no, at times, I don't know, work, whatever it was. I don't know why. But it was a Monday morning. I had to do the workout. There was nobody else there. She was my judge. And she just kept yelling. I was like, shit, I have to keep going. <laughs> and then this was when it was, you know, I was obviously here, but it was ranked on country. Right. I came fourth in the Netherlands on that workout. No. On the way only... home, because I drive a manual. Yeah. I had to put my car in neutral at the lights because I my <laughs> foot was shaking too much to hold the clutch. <laughs> like I had nothing. I've had that before. Like, oh, God. I've had it since, but I had never. Not I was to that level? just... Do you remember yeah. what the workout was? So 10 rounds of... It was, I think it was 
eight grand to overhead. Yep. And burpees over the bar. I think they were 10. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was 20.1. Anyway. It is like your perfect workout anyway, though. Uh, like it's in the strength side. It's a lot of burpees. Yeah, the, the ground overhead, they were easy. Like I snatched it and I've done it since and I clean and jerked it for whatever reason. But it was just, yeah, just having someone yelling at me the entire time. So she really put the judge hat on then. <laughs> yeah, she did. And I'm, I'm still surprised. Um, <laughs> I came fourth in the country. And every time I tell someone like, you know, well, you, you know, Duncan. Yeah. You know, end up in that open coming 15th. In the Netherlands, no. which is probably apart from obviously the Aussie slowdown, probably my biggest achievement. Yeah. It's like, and then you like have people like Duncan go out of fifteen, and I'm like, no, out of thousands. Like, yeah. you know, there's still eighteen million people in that country. Like, there's a fair few who do CrossFit. Yeah, it's not as big there as it is here, but I think it's grown since the last couple of years since Europe's become so big. Yeah, in CrossFit, yeah, I yeah. think so as well. Last couple of years, like Australia has dropped down a little bit mm. in terms of like. Also, like what you see around Adelaide, a lot of gyms de-affiliating because... Yeah, so expensive. It's expensive, but it's also like a lot of people just think the name CrossFit is scary. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. I just see that, like, my gym backs up the CrossFit Ron. Mm. And I have members who, what we do is CrossFit light. I don't know, it's functional fitness. Like, yeah. we don't do the gymnastic stuff and we don't have barbells and workouts. Like, we have strength classes with barbells, but it's so similar. Yeah. But they're like, not the gym around the corner. That one's scary. <laughs> and I'm like, but we do the same things. Yeah. Like, you know. I we, feel like it's just the way you teach it as well. If you yeah. like, yeah, if you yeah, know what you're like, teaching you know, correctly. That and also like we're much more open and like people just pick their own weight. Yeah, There's no like prescribed weight oh, or anything. But like. It is so nice. Yeah. But yeah. Like, so, so that's probably like if it's, you know, very expensive to have a name that actually deters people from coming. Yeah, why not the affiliate? But um, yeah, so talking about your gym there. So when did you become a trainer? Um, I actually got my level one mm-hmm. uh, when I was still in LA. Okay, did my level two back in Holland. Yep. later that year. Um, and so between LA and coming here, I'd finished my degree. So I actually have a degree in international business, which I don't really make much <laughs> use of, other than I run the a business. business. Side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I came back and I had a job in market research with a company that I'd known for years because they'd come and done something at uni and we had a little like made a presentation, like a case, like a case study or something. And my team had won and we'd won the book about like how they approach branding and like engaging like marketing. And yeah, yeah so they were sort of testing the effectiveness of their campaigns. Yes. So I was like, great. I actually ended up getting a job with them and then the job was 5% statistics, 95% making it look nice in PowerPoint. Uh. And I like making things look nice, but the attention to detail as to whether a line is 100% straight really didn't. Like I just sat there all day and I was like, okay, this looks great. Sent it over to my like supervisor and he goes, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong. And it was like the worst two two months of my life. Yeah, I lasted two months there and then I quit. Yeah. But while I was there, this was in a different city in Holland, and there was a guy at the gym. I was training at this one gym, but then another gym closer to work and where I was actually living. We did, I think, like a seminar or an athlete weekend, and I randomly told him I had my level one, and he goes, oh, I'm looking for a coach. So I started coaching the Tuesday evening, 
And back then, I don't know why, but he didn't have like a set program. Yeah. He let me just make the workout for the week, mm -hmm. which was really hard because I wasn't there every day. So I didn't know what the other workouts were. Yeah. And I was always afraid I'd double up and stuff. But like people loved it. Tuesday was the busiest night. Um, <laughs> if that's not saying something about being a good trainer. <laughs> yeah. And it's, yeah, it's just, and, and I see that now as well with the gym. I like, I see the, like the passion that I put in. Like I really enjoy what I do. Do you find just, a big difference between coaching uh, like over in Holland versus Australia? Or is it like really similar? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, you know, even like what I did here, even when I was coaching kickboxing, which has nothing to do with CrossFit, like yeah. it's the same. The people rock up, there's a warm up, you tell them what you're doing, you do it. Yeah. Okay. Right. And, you know, is there like, so Australia is very oversaturated with dreams. Like I found when I was in Europe, it wasn't that easy to find gyms. Do you know what I mean? Is it just mm. not so much of a culture like it is here yeah. to be fit? Yeah, which is, which is why I'm here. Yeah, Like right. I, I didn't fit in with the culture since I was five. Okay. Um, also because it's like the weather's dreary. It's like the UK. Yeah. Everything happens indoors and I'm a very much an outdoorsy person. Mm. Um, I like the sun and vitamin D and being healthy and shit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I never liked Holland and yeah, like I can think of a few gyms around my city which was a relatively small city so but there wasn't one on like every corner like there is here no yeah no but yeah and there yeah. was only one crossfit gym and they only started in 2015 right yeah. okay yeah um, interesting and there's right? still only one crossfit gym in that city <laughs> and you know the next city over which is like 20 minutes so like it's, it's a lot different there compared to here like yeah i drove 45 minutes to get here yep and we both live in adelaide yeah like, the mm -hmm. suburbs yep. whereas 45 minutes in Holland gets you, like, four cities over. Right. So, like, if there's... There's just a city in between me and you. <laughs> yeah. 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 Like, there'd be two. Yeah. Yeah, there'd be two relatively larger cities in between oh, in so those 45 minutes about. that would have their own CrossFit gym. So, yeah, you'd come across different gyms as you're driving through the country, but nobody does because mm. you're going to go to the one in your city. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you, um, you don't really have a choice here. There's like only really one. Yeah. Whereas here there's like, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's one on every but corner. Some of, them, some of them are a further drive away. So yeah, yeah. it still is quite similar. Okay. Like, you know, for me when like a little while when I was coaching at Beachmore in Summerton Park, yep. I was living in Glenelg and I was still quite often training in the city uh, when I wasn't coaching at all. Mode, mm -hmm. Still more then. Yeah. That was a 20 minute drive. Yeah. So like in Holland, in 20 minutes, you'll get to the next gym. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah fair enough. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just different. But yeah, I can see how it's not as big a thing there as yeah. it is, is here. Um, yeah. But yeah, the coaching itself, like, the people who did go, they want, like, you know, they, they hate it as they're doing it, but they do want to be there mm. sort of thing. And they are very, and that's what I've noticed compared to, like, office jobs and everything else. Like, People call you the smiling assassin, mm. complain the other, the whole time yeah. that they're dying and that you're trying to kill them, which, you know, I'm not necessarily trying. Um, but we are. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Better you to know that, but. <laughs> um, and then at the, end of the, at the end of the thing, you know, you high five them and they say thank you. Yeah, it's crazy, and, hey? But so worth it. Like, yeah. just seeing that result at the end. Yeah. With a yeah. smile on their face and they all walk out happier like, oh. than they walked in. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And so talking about the business, so you started your little business out of your garage here. Mm -hmm. And then... Because um, that's, that's sort of sort of forced as well because 
I was working at that kickboxing gym, which I sort of just worked at because it was, again, great fun. Coaching groups is great fun. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a very high intensity like environment and coaching was actually really like tiring then yeah because you had to run around and yell and scream the <laughs> whole time which is sure would like coaching at f45 is probably more like whereas now i just run around like i walk around and i chat you know but yeah. then it was like running and clapping and like i'd get to the end of the weekend i just spend the whole weekend in bed because i was dead crazy um and i loved working there i didn't like working for my employer mm. And I definitely didn't like my pay. <laughs> and then COVID happened and we got to Sudan and I was part-time. So I got JobKeeper. One-on-one -on -one was always allowed. Yep. And I had just moved into my house. I had tried parking my car in my single car garage and realized that every time I get to get, I tried to get out, I'd hit the door to the wall because yeah. I don't understand how you do it. <laughs> I really don't because it doesn't fit the car. Yeah. So I decided, okay, I'm going to have a garage gym. It's so good. Um, Got some help, got really lucky. Someone was moving interstate, was selling their entire setup for like 1500 bucks. Oh, so and good. Because Jimmy Rig at that time. Bars and plates and two boxes oh. and dumbbells and kettlebells. And I still don't know how I managed to get that for that money. And gym equipment at that time as well was going at like an all time high because everybody wanted that it. That was right before. Oh. I bought it all like mid Feb before yep. everything happened. Oh, so, so I got lucky. my whole setup. I, as soon as gyms closed, I ordered the rogue bike online because mm -hmm. the salt bike had sold out because people were just getting it. Like yep. gyms were closing around the country. Uh, people were going for it. So salt bikes were sold out and I bought a rogue bike, which is the heaviest. Have you been on the, have you done the echo bike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just worse. Yeah. It's just heavy and shit. Is that why you're also always so good at it? So because <laughs> you've been on a worse one. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's because I spent 25 years of my life riding everywhere. Okay, fair enough. That too. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, in Holland, you have to ride everywhere, which yeah. is um, which is funny because I listened to the other podcasts before and it was about it taking seven years to learn how to ride a bike. And I'm like, yeah, I had 25. Yeah, I think I'm good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that must be why I like the bike. I think that's another thing, like saying the European culture is very much everybody rides, whereas in Australia, that's just and not a thing. No, it's not. And it's because it's everything so stretched out. Yes. Like I had considered early in the week before I looked at where you lived because <laughs> I knew it was somewhere I decided to. I was like, oh, maybe I'll ride my bike because I got a road bike recently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, I'm actually trying to get into doing some triathlons because oh, I used to swim. Oh, watch out. Here we go. <laughs> um, you know, so I got myself a road bike because I enjoy riding. I've been riding Damien's so bike. So for half the listeners who uh, <laughs> are listening, we uh, we all train with Triadelaide and we're more than happy to have another member to come and train with us. <laughs> The season is just about to start. <laughs> Might sign up for the, the last one of this, the Westlake series. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're um, always really good. Yeah. I started out there. I was looking back at my race photos the other day. I reckon I started late 2017, early 2018. Mm. Anyway, around then. But they're always such a good race because, like, the water's always chill because it's mm. like a river. Yeah. Then the bike, just depending on the wind. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's all flat. So yeah. it's always yeah. a good one. Yeah. Um, the run's always horrible, but that's just because I hate running. <laughs> yeah, same, same, which is why I'd rather lift weights. <laughs> also that, also that, probably do a sprint. Yeah. Because I did City to Bay recently. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much. And that's, you know, that's, that's 12. Mm -hmm. But that's no, no swimming and biking beforehand, you know? Yeah, you just um, run off the adrenaline though. It doesn't really yeah. matter how far the run is, your legs just keep going. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, and I just yeah yeah I'm I'm horrible at running. Like that was the first time in my life I'd ran more than five k's without stopping. Yeah, and I got to about nine, had to walk for a bit to get a water, and then finished the other three. Oh, um, so, so I was so like, good, look, if I can do twelve, I can probably <laughs> You'd be right. after swimming and riding at least do five, and mm. I don't want to have to try and do ten then. So yeah. that's obviously the next step up in terms of like triathlon distances. Like, yeah, start with the sprint. Yeah, and I then just... you're coming to Busso next Perth with the rest of us. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's only a half Ironman. I'm, I'm good. Um, somebody suggested because I like one of my like on the on the gym wall we have like what's your goals for the year and one of mine was do a challenging fitness event. So I ended up doing City Debate because running for me is a big challenge. Yes, and I'm really proud of what I did. I also did a strongman comp last weekend. So much fun. Um, and then there's stuff coming up tomorrow, which is I'm I'm excited about because they've got a. Highland Games come and try at the okay. Highland Park. So um, one of the girls who competed last week with me at the Strongman thing is sort of semi-hosting that, I think. Yeah. So I'm going to, you know, throw a big stick and a rock and, you know, <laughs> great fun. And um, so from the garage gym, then owning your own gym. Yeah, that was a big jump. How'd it happen? Well... Uh, a lot of work. Yeah, so I sort of was forced into PTing at the garage when we got stood down. Then when gyms reopened, I actually didn't go back to the kickboxing gym because I was doing so well. I was like, stuff you taking half my pay. Mm. Um, I'm just going to end it that for almost three years all up, including that COVID period. But about a year and a half in, I was like, we're getting so busy. Like, it's a single car garage. Like, I can only do one session. Mm. So maximum of two people with me. So yeah. like, I had two on ones. I even had a couple of three on ones, you know, partly on the driveway and everything. The most popular times, like, you know, early mornings and 5.30, 6.30 p.m. They were always taken. Like, I had, mm. I had to turn down so many people. I was like, I just need, I want to reach more people. And I'm like, I enjoy this. So it's always been like something I wanted to do since yeah. I was like 18 and going to that Les Mills gym. Like it was just such a great place to be. And I was mm. like, it would be great. Like I had these wild ideas of having a gym with a restaurant and healthy food and, you know, but you know, not quite there yet, but we do have the gym now. Yeah. Um, so I needed more space. I wanted to help more people. It's always been something I wanted to do and it just had to happen. Yeah. And it took a year and a half to find a suitable premises. Mm hmm. Um, so that's, yeah, that was the, the biggest thing is like, once that was like, once we found that and like the council and there's, there's a lot of hoops to jump through. Yeah. Um, cause they, you know, I had my PT business out of my garage, which was like half of my clients could walk there. Yeah. Most of them didn't because they didn't want to walk home. Um, <laughs> but like I had people from the same street, you know, like a couple of houses down. So everybody was very local. So I had to look for something that was still local. So yep. I wouldn't inconvenience them as much. Um, I ended up a couple of places around. There was always something like one of them was older. There was like, you know, shower, council approval and everything. And there's always something. And then I ended up stumbling upon some warehouses that were being built. And... Now I'm in one of those warehouses and it's about a three minute drive from my house. So oh, we stay very local yeah. and I have the absolute shortest commute. That is the dream. <laughs> um, but a commute's still longer than when I was out of my couch. <laughs> <laughs> but do you prefer now separating your business from your house and having that kind of, you be able to lock the door at the gym and then go home and it's kind of separate? Yes and no. Like a lot of people ask me like, oh, how is it like, how, what's it like to have your house back? And I'm like, I'm never there. Yeah. Like I used to be in my house a lot more. And, and this was also like the first couple of months versus the sort of the more recent couple of months in the gym have been much different in my perception. Mm -hmm. So like the first months I was very stressed. I had 
maybe three hours in a day at home to myself. And I was just like always running. I had so much to do. Yeah. And now I have medication <laughs> that makes me calm in my head. And now I feel like I have all the time in the world. Yeah. I know that's something that we're coming to later as well. We are. Um, we so are. we'll go into more detail then. But um, yeah. So now I'm like, I'm enjoying having my house because I you know, puts different things in my garage mm. and Damien's moved in. So his stuff's in the garage and there's our bikes in the garage and like the house is a home now. And yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's still not, it's still not fully separate because I am always working. Mm -hmm. Um, so when I come home, if it's not late at night after evening classes for which, you know, there's, there's just so little turnaround. Like I literally finish at seven 30 and I'm back there five 30 in the morning. Yeah. So like I go home, I have dinner I watch an episode of my comfort series and then I go to bed. Like that's, that's it. So yeah. there's no time to work then, but like any time in between or like after this, when we're done, it's like, there's still plenty of time in the day and I'm just going to sit on the couch and work. Yeah. It's still not separated because I'm always bringing working. you work home. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. So this is a bit of a listener question, but it was mm -hmm. quite a long one that I thought let's just bring it into the main okay. car. So okay. our mutual friend Sally <laughs> yeah. dropped a good one and I was like, this is too good. <laughs> She's oh, like, this is, I, 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 you semi said this, I think. And yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going yep. to so get the mascot in. She asked, you were quite open on your social media about your battles with your body image, particularly a couple of years ago. What steps did you take to make it possible towards a body acceptance? Look, a part of it's CrossFit. Yeah. I have a tattoo of a dumbbell on my side because lifting weights like going from the less meal stuff and still not like I was still in a bad place with my body then mm -hmm. and I was training every day and just trying to trash myself trying to be skinny and then yeah. starting CrossFit really like showed me the appreciation and what your body can do mm -hmm. rather than what it looks like yeah and it's also made me look a lot better like it's taught me so many things about training and nutrition and I now feel like I look how I want to look and my body can do what I want it to do. Like, yeah. you know, I'm talking about doing a triathlon and when I was doing the less meals, like I was doing body attack, which is just cardio every day. Yeah. I couldn't think of bloody running. Yeah. It's just like a learning thing and understanding what your body needs. Yeah. And I think it's also a cultural thing. Like in Holland, especially everybody just eats bread. Okay. Like it's so many carbs <laughs> and I even saw, and like, this is again, coming back to like being sa taken seriously by doctors. Like I was probably like 19, 18 or something going to my doctor. I was like, I just want to lose weight. And it's just like, I don't know. Like, I just don't know what to do. And he sent me off to like the more sort of nutritionist person at this, at the clinic. Like they weren't a formal dietitian, but they were sort of the nutrition person at the clinic. Yeah. And like, she did something with me for a while, but we're still like a bit of portion control, but it was still bread. It was okay. just all bread. And Talking about bread, what was your favorite type? <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't know. At the moment, gluten-free because I realized my bowels don't like gluten. So um, Yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, bread here is different too. Yeah, it's um, very processed here. <laughs> I don't necessarily miss it that much. Mm. Yeah, maybe croissants. <laughs> yeah, but they also have gluten-free ones I should... Um, <laughs> Anyways, anyway, not, back not, to that. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, and again, like it's another thing from the lifestyle. Like, you know, here I eat salads and chicken and veg and I barbecue meat and, you know, my, my partner's Greek and we eat all sorts of Greek food and it's this, most of it's gluten free and, and pretty low in carb because it's just meat and veg and feta. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
and it's so much better. So I did the, yeah, I did the thing with the nutrition person and nothing really changed. Went back to the doctor and he just goes, well, maybe you should just accept that your body is meant to look like it does. Right. And I'm like, how do you react to that? (laughs) Just anger. Like I wasn't angry at him, but I was in myself. I was just like, no, like, I don't know what to do, but no, like, Mm. why would I need to accept this? Was this when social media started coming in as well and playing a part in what you thought uh, you wanted to be? Not necessarily. No, I haven't, like, I haven't really been affected by that too much. Uh, It was more of a, I was bullied in school and everything sort of thing. Like it was a lot younger, like the first moments of me not feeling happy in my body. I was probably like 10. Okay. And social media wasn't the thing then. Like yeah. it was when I was 18, but it wasn't when I was 10. Yeah. And yeah, I was just, I'd always been trying to mm. starve myself, but never could because food is great. Um, <laughs> and bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's just CrossFit has taught me a lot of things and like yeah. learning about nutrition. And I've since done like nutrition qualifications. So I am legally allowed to call myself a nutritionist in Australia, which is a little bit of a hoops to jump through. Um, when you haven't done actual di- dietetics yep. in, uh, in, in uni because you know, I did international business when I could have done so many more valuable things. Through research and learning more about yeah. your body is how you are. Uh, yeah, yeah. It. And like between fueling it what it needs, which is in my case, my body just does better on higher fat. So saying and, that, would you call that the sliding door moment in your life? Like as in that doctor saying that is when you then took on to change something or was there something that was bigger in your life that kind of made you change direction. I don't know. Like I have always like like I said like it's, it's been a, it had been a struggle with for me since yeah. since like 11 12. I think in terms of like body image and changing nutrition. Mm-hmm. I did I did change things. Yeah, before in Holland. I'm not sure if it was straight after the doctor, mm-hmm. uh, but it was probably closer to that I started eating less carbs and I just ate like meat and veg, uh, but I was still eating like chunks of fruit so I went to that that, that's when I went to LA and the coach there was like I just asked about it I think it was start of the year you know new year's resolution blah blah yeah yep and I'm like yeah like I'm training every day and I just don't see any changes and then you just weren't fueling properly then as they call it yeah look I was I was eating really healthy like I was cooking and you know salads and everything but I was probably eating like a rock melon a day (laughs) and fruit is great but it's a lot of sugar yeah especially at those quantities so just learning about macros which never never came up in school in Holland like the the diet the nutrition person never none of this ever came up Mm. and just learning that my body just enjoys higher fats yeah like peanut butter it's great (laughs) you know so I, I don't miss the bread because Fueling my body what it needs means I don't necessarily eat as much bread, but I do eat all the peanut butter I want. So it <laughs> that's a really, good deal. It's, it's a really good deal. And um, yeah. Well, that answered my next question of the importance of nutrition on training. So you yeah, just cleaned that yeah. one up. <laughs> like, you know, I, I, and I say this quite often as well. And even in like my, um, when I was doing nutrition coaching online and in my PT business, and there's this quote from, I think, Kate Moss from the eighties that she's been criticized for so much, which is quite fair because, you know, I probably sent a lot of people into an eating disorder and Mm. like the amount of people I speak to like young girls, like our age who have had an eating disorder in their life, eight out of 10. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous Mm. and we don't always talk about it. And I 
tried to starve myself. I didn't have the willpower to do so. Otherwise, I would have been anorectic. I also don't really don't like puking. But yeah, I had phases in my life where I stuffed my face with laxative just to make it go straight through. Mm. Probably didn't help my bowels and the gluten and everything. But yeah, like it's ridiculous. And But what she said and the essence of it, I still wholeheartedly agree with she said nothing tastes as good as skinny feels has nothing to do with your question Um, but it was good (laughs) yeah but like yeah so like in terms of losing weight that's when you get to where you want to be and now that I am happy in my skin I'm like I wouldn't jeopardize that for the world yeah and and in terms of that it means you can't train a bad diet well that was the quote i was going for when we got back there um (laughs) but yeah so you can do whatever you want in terms of training but if you're eating shit like it's training is you know if you're an elite athlete it's a fair few hours of your day but like at our level is maybe one or two you know Mm -hmm. depending what you do and then you have 22 hours remaining some Mm. of them you're sleeping but you know what you do in those other hours matters so much more really yes i still like before i came here i was meal prepping for next week yeah. You know, and it's 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 good to be prepared. You know what you're doing, you feel better. Mm. And yeah, it just it works. Like it's at this stage of my life not the end goal, but mm-hmm. there's so much consistency underlying that I am I can enjoy my life and like there's more family functions, you know, dating yeah. dating someone with ethnic inheritance there's a lot of family functions and a lot of treats and definitely like a couple years ago when I was really training for CrossFit I wouldn't have but now I just allow myself those and I know that what I do the rest of the week is good enough to keep me you know feeling fit and healthy and happy when I look in the mirror oh how good all right let's go back to the busy mind Mm, (laughs) let's have a chat about this (laughs) So where did it all begin? When I was five? No. Yeah. Um, I have always been like hard with sitting still. Mm. And I remember all through high school and uni, I would study with the TV on. Yeah. Because if I didn't have that little bit of distraction in the background, like at all times. Yeah. I would sit there and 15 minutes later, I'd be like, nah, gotta do something else. I'm like that, but I am like with music or something on in the background yeah. at all times. Yeah. Yeah. Music doesn't always do it for me. Because uh, it different level of involvement. But. Yeah. Well, so like at work now, it's all podcasts. Like I literally yeah. just listen to podcasts all day. That's like a voice talking in the background. Yeah. Like yeah. Focus See, so whereas if I was to do that, I'd get too focused on the voice that I wouldn't be able to get anything done. <laughs> whereas, you know, when I sit, I watch the most simplest shows. Like I watch Criminal Minds. Yeah. Just because if you kind of miss parts of the episode, they still catch the bad guy in the end. <laughs> so, like, it really doesn't matter if you zone out of that and into what you're doing for about 15 minutes. Yeah. And then, so when did you realize something was up? Look, I've kind of always known, um, but it's not always been an issue. Yes. Like, I've gotten away with it so much of my life. Like, mm. this studying. In front of the TV, I still did really good in school and, re- like, and in uni, like, I got through it easily. It was never hard. Like, learning was never hard for me. So I, I got through that easily and I got away with it. And there's so many things in my life. Like, you know, when you go research online, adult ADHD symptoms, a big one is, like, that you lose your shit everywhere. Like, mm. your keys and stuff. And I'm like, I don't. But they are also always in the same spot. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. they have two spots where they can be. Mm-hmm. Where I put them when I come into the house. And I know if they're not there, I'm lost yeah but so it's just the things that you do Mm -hmm. that I've gotten away with it for so long that it was never an issue until 
like you recently. put things in place to help yourself without even knowing that they were helping yeah, that much. Yeah, like yeah, like to-do lists and everything. Oh my god, and... this is so funny. So I'm actually not diagnosed, but thinking of doing it. Mm-hmm. But the, like the last couple of years, I'm like, I've always known my brain was very different to everybody yep. else and how it functioned. And I'm just like, oh yeah, like I know that's a thing. And then it started getting spoken about. I think and Rusciano started speaking about it mm-hmm. maybe two, three years ago now. And when she started saying some of the stuff like the symptoms of I was like, oh, more people have this problem. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's much more common these days to get So, like, the key thing, and... like, I have uh, – there's one spot in my house that they go in, and if they're yeah. not there, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 But yeah. So it's the little things that you do where you're like – I didn't – I don't even think that I realised that my brain was different. Yeah, oh, I've known that. For, yeah. I reckon I've known that since I was a kid. Yeah. That I knew that I always thought differently. Yeah. And I always, like – I always was that, like, high-energy person. Mm. So, like – my friends have been jokingly saying it for decades. Really? Um, yeah. Like, oh, you must have ADHD because I just couldn't. Like, I was always going, not sitting still, mm. like, even through uni. Like, I was doing uni. I was working. I was part of a political organization. I was going to the gym every day. Yeah. And well, yeah, that was Like, that's very just... similar. Like, when I met you, I was working three different jobs while studying. and Yeah. Yeah, and, like, sitting through uni lectures, I literally couldn't sit still and I had to, like, write in the back of my book to take in the information. <laughs> But no, I wasn't writing down what they were saying. I was literally like doodling on the back page. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So like it was just never really an issue Mm. until more recently. Like, you know, PTing, Mm. your main job, like my hand-eye coordination isn't great. So like your main jobs as a PT are counting people's reps and (laughs) high-fiving. I suck at high-fiving because hand-eye coordination, but like I'm just, I'm the dog from up. Yeah. Like, I, we were in my driveway. There was actual dogs walking past. And I love dogs. So, like, I'd be like, one, two, three, dog. Seven? No, no idea. And, like, it just got worse. And I just got more and more in my head. And, mm. you know, mental health plan, anxiety, antidepressants. Later, you know, they, they helped, but not the full story. And I, I knew then that there was more going on and it has been like I did this when I was doing jujitsu I had a few like sort of like mental burnout where oh, yeah, you yeah. get to the end of the day and you're just so tired you're crying. Yeah, I've had that. And I, like it would have been a great yeah. session of training and mm. like I would have loved it and um because I had very few not so good jujitsu sessions. Like I always loved it. I love wrestling. Yeah. And um I'd get to the end I'd just sit in my car crying because I was so exhausted. I was mm. like that's when I realized like my brain is just not keeping up yeah. with what I'm asking of it. Yeah. And people do, I've tried explaining that burnout so many times I had it this week and I'm just like, it's so hard to explain to people how you feel because you have no symptoms from the outside, Yeah, but mentally like I just want to switch off and come mm-hmm. home and like take the dog for a walk and then cook dinner and just go yeah. to bed. Like yeah. that's all I feel like doing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, yeah. And I'm lucky that, you know, I have dogs and it's easy and I come home and I just lay down and I do nothing and I'm not also the most social butterfly. So mm. that is like when I was working at the kickboxing gym, like it was probably affecting me more then than I ever realized, but it was such a high energy environment mm. that I'd spend the whole weekend in bed. Yeah. And looking back at it, I was like, yeah, like that makes sense because I was just burnt out from the week. And then I just, you know, that's, that's what I did. Like yeah. that reset me and then I was like, hey, and then, you know, there was PT and building the gym and everything started ramping up and there was more to do and I just couldn't keep up. Mm. And yeah. Like your body and your mind just like keep going, keep going. And then there's a part of your brain that just like switches off and is like, you really need to stop right now or mm. else we're going to fall in a hole. 
Oh yeah, I'd like, have. I'd but go, this is like on I'd a go constant from cycle. once. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. I'd have one day where I I didn't get off the couch. Yeah, I just, I just like, don't no, have time I'm to just, do that. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And well. I I did then. I think I had a few like on the sort of easier days in terms of PT, mm. which then was like Thursday. I think I had a couple of early ones and then a big gap and then some later afternoon ones. And yeah, I do the early ones. And then moved to the couch and I was supposed to go train. I'm like, oh, I'm here watching movies. Like, yeah. I did nothing. I do that um, occasionally on a weekend. Like, you literally have to block out, like, three or four hours just to be alone. Yeah. And it's just, like, I feel so bad trying to tell people that and trying to explain that as much as people want to help you in life. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Like, this morning yeah. I had, like, went to boot camp and stuff. I came home and I literally was on this cleaning rampage for about two and a half, three hours. I mowed the lawns. At the same time, I had the washing on, the robot vacuum going, and then I clean the microwave and then I clean the out the porch and the alfresco. And you have to do it all yourself. No, yeah. And if somebody was saying to me, oh, come over and help you, I was like, no, leave me alone. I'm like on a roll. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. I'll come in, have a shower and like sit down for an hour because I literally was so stuffed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like yeah. that's so I hard to explain a, yeah. to other people and they just don't understand what it's like. But I've got everything done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like last Friday I had a big day like that where I had a lot of errands. I was driving around. I went to Bunnings. I went to, oh, I had to go to the pharmacy. And sorry, pharmacy, Bunnings. Like they were in a circle. Like I'd planned it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. most you... efficient circle. Oh, you have to. Pharmacy, Bunnings, Costco, mm-hmm. Woolies. Yeah. And then my last stop was the gas station to exchange the gas bottle for my barbecue. And the girl in the shop, like she around the corner, I had carried this empty gas bottle all around Adelaide with me and I didn't want to do it first because it was hot and I was like I don't want a full gas bottle in my car because you can exchange those at Bunnings I could have done that at stop one but I didn't because I didn't want the full gas bottle in my car yeah and so I got to this last stop and the girl behind the car goes I'm the only one I can't help you because I can't leave the store and I just that was the last thing on my list for that day I lost it yeah I just felt so defeated I was like Mm. Now I feel like a failure because I've yep. done like six out of the seven things I might to do is in that last thing I couldn't get done. Mm. And then I got home and like I, I already almost crying in the car, like mm-hmm. two minute drive from the gas station back home, started unloading the groceries and then I bought this big like fucker of a value pack of Nutri-Grain for Damien. <laughs> and it was about an inch too high for the pantry shelf. Oh, I sat down in. and I cried on the kitchen floor. <laughs> Five minutes later, he walks in. He goes, are you okay? And I just, I had a meltdown just because, not because the thing didn't fit, but that was just like, it was just one, the it like last built little up. straw of like, mm. I was just exhausted from the day and running yeah. around and trying to get everything done within a time frame as well, because I had to get back to the gym and coach more sessions. Yeah. You know, and I had a nutrition chat that I ended up luckily getting canceled, but like, yeah. yeah, like just, just such a rush and day and just all builds up and then just one thing goes wrong and you're like, yeah, yeah, done. Yeah. But like that one thing could be something so small, then something, another little small thing, another yeah. little small thing. Yeah. And I feel like it's like a bucket of water just getting put in. Mm. And then once it just gets that little rim at the top and then it just goes, like yeah. you pour a little bit more in there yeah. and you're and like, then gone. And it's, it's done. Yeah. It's done. It breaks, gone. Yeah. yeah there's nothing. Mm. Um, yeah. So what like, do you think makes it worse? Obviously like being busy... Being busy, not sleeping well, mm. obviously <laughs> not recognizing it. Yes. So like if I have a couple of busy days, even now that I have like meds and it's just been a bloody game changer. Yeah. So worth um, getting them. Yeah. Let's talk about that. So from, so you went to the GP, then 
Yeah. How, how did you get tested? Because that's such a big thing at the moment. Everybody's talking about that stage. Yeah, and it's 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 so expensive. It's, <laughs> it's expensive. I paid like five hundred bucks because okay. it was more of a telehealth situation. Right. So it wasn't this bad, but it was a long wait. Like I remember going to GP. This was like September when I got mm. referred. Then sent my referral into this company. They literally like everything on there. They just like you have to email it. Blah blah blah. We'll get back to you in like two weeks. Just about the referral. And then you can make your first appointment. And then I didn't know that that first appointment wasn't the actual psychiatrist. It was a nurse who did a questionnaire. So this was in September. My appointment with the nurse was in February. And then at the end of that, she goes, I thought, like, I had read something about, you know, being connected to the psychiatrist. So I was like, okay, just in thick with the nurse. And then I get to chat to the guy and never done. No. She was like, okay, I'll schedule your psychiatrist appointment. June. Oh. End of June. So, yeah. like, nine nine months at yeah. least it took. Yeah. Right. Um, and, like, a bit of ha- hassle in between. So, it wasn't the most pleasant experience, mm. especially for, a like, an organization who deals with people with mental health issues. Like, it wasn't just ADHD. Like, they're general psychiatry as well. So, they deal with all sorts of mental health issues. Yep. And they stuffed me around like crazy. Like, my first appointment got rescheduled by a couple of days. And I was just like, you know... I had gotten so far in how far I could push my brain. I was just hanging for it. I was like, I just need to talk to someone and I need to get this process. Mm. And yeah, someone got sick, got rescheduled. And because I had waited four months, I was like, when it, when they were like, oh yeah, it's canceled, we'll reschedule. I was like, this is going to take another couple of months, right? So I ended up only being like a couple of days, but you know, this stress yeah. about like, fuck, this is actually not happening. And then at the end of the nurse appointment, she goes, oh, you have to get some like blood tests and everything done because they actually, depends where you go as well, but like some of them, which is probably smart, they test your heart and some blood values to make sure that you are actually physically okay to get medicated. Oh, okay. Because they affect, they can affect your heart rate. So they, I had to do an uh, ECG. Yep. That kind of stuff and blood pressure and like my doctor still monitors those things that they like the blood pressure anyways that they go okay. So she goes, oh yeah, you have to do that at our clinic, which they had in the city and she's like, oh, your first appointment that was both built. Cool. No worries. And she texted me all those, all that information after I chat. And obviously I was like, oh my God, June. So I booked an appointment and then like for the clinic, a couple of days before it was supposed to be, I got a text saying, oh, this has been changed to telehealth. And I'm like, dude, you have to take my blood. How are you going to do that with telehealth? <laughs> so I rang them. I was like, this, this won't happen. She goes, oh yeah, well look, you can come in, like the doctor can talk to you and ask you a few questions. And then once you've seen the psychiatrist, you can come in and get your bloods done. And then you can get medicated. I'm like, get your, your prescription. And I'm like, that's going to take even longer. No. So I, like this was the end of March. So still well before the end of June. And she goes, oh yeah, or I can reschedule you. And then... So that appointment was 1st of May, still well before the psychiatrist, but like rescheduling again. The psychiatrist appointment probably was the only thing that didn't actually get rescheduled. And here's me like with my life and the stress and this was the first couple months of the gym. I was like, you can't be serious that you have clients with mental health issues Mm. and you're stuffing them around like that. Like I have to be the smart person to be like, no, I was told this was bulk built. So I don't actually have to pay for this Yeah, and chase that up myself. Yeah. With the Royal Commission that came out this weekend, they did a bit Mm -hmm. of research into 
like being diagnosed with ADHD and how hard it is. And nobody yeah. actually knew that it's actually this hard. This is part of the reason I'm holding off on getting diagnosed yeah. because honestly, it's too hard. It, it is hard. Like in hindsight. Like I went to see a doctor a couple of months ago and she's like, look, if you want to know, go and get tested. But if you don't want medication, it's not worth it because it's too expensive oh, yeah, to go no, and do it. No. And I'm like, well, how do I know if I want the medication or not? if I don't get diagnosed. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's kind of like... Yeah. See, whereas I have since, like, those times of jujitsu where I just got to the end of the day, like, my brain can't keep up. Mm. And despite all the bad, you know, situations with various doctors over the course of my life, yeah. um, I still believe in modern medicine. So I was like, there has to be something that can help here. Like, yeah. my brain is just not keeping up and we have to be. And yeah, there was um, something that could help me. So I always knew, like, I was already seeing... Like, as they say, first step in managing ADHD is diet and lifestyle. Then there comes psychologists, which I'm also already seeing. So, like, the psychiatrist instantly goes, he has meds. Like, he had already from the questionnaire with the nurse. And then, so that was telehealth. So I had a Zoom chat with him. He'd already made up his mind. Everything we spoke about was just general mental health and mm. other psychiatry, like, related questions. They had nothing to do with it. So ADHD. on the questionnaire, what kind of questions were there? Do you remember um, what they were asking? It was, it was a long one. I Because I was obviously, like, I was hanging for that appointment because mm. I just felt like something needed to change in my life because I yeah. felt like I was swimming upstream. Mm. Um, yeah, very much the same. Yeah, so... I saw this and, you know, you talk to people about it and your phone's always listening. So I had this pop-up of like, are you like preparing for an ADHD assessment? Get this little like workbook. And it oh, was, I, yeah, I it was this a, on Instagram. It was a, it was a questionnaire. 99% was what she asked. Yeah. So yeah, it was all sorts of like, oh, is he like regarding the different facets of ADHD and the symptoms of, you know, not everybody is the same mm. with how they show which type did you end up getting diagnosed with do you know they didn't even say oh no that wasn't in the report because i read the report because i wanted i asked the the company for the report because i obviously they send it to your doctor but i'm like no <laughs> i want to like i want to read this yeah um, fair enough. no didn't say that which i'm still a bit annoyed about but like because <laughs> that's in irrelevant information as of well course, yeah because also it's you know it is genetic so like i want to be able to you know see where it came from <laughs> No, not necessarily see where it came from because that's a that's a that's a whole nother onion to peel. Um. <laughs> well, you kind of know. Like, I feel like if you know that you've got the ADHD and you think far enough back, you kind of know which parent it comes from. Oh yeah, look, but there's yeah, ADHD is commonly mistaken for many other things, yeah. or yeah. it can come along attached to many yeah. other yeah, things. Yeah, because I was, you know, I had a mental health plan. I was diagnosed with anxiety and I yeah, had so antidepressants. You know. And I just didn't go as far as the antidepressants because I was like, I just knew it was the rest was happening. But I was like, oh well, should be right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I like, I got to a stage where I just wasn't coping, mm. and the stuff that I got was actually something I researched to be what I needed. Yeah, and end up ends up being on the um like non stimulant ADHD medication list as well. So yeah. have you um read the book The Year I Met My Brain? By Matilda Bosley. Mm. Get on to it. Mm. It's on Spotify. I've been listening to it as an audio book. Mm -hmm. And it's about how she got diagnosed and, yeah, everything. It's so relevant. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah. very interesting to hear other people talk about it. And the whole way through that, like listening to the stuff she was saying, I was like, oh, my God, other people deal with it like me. <laughs> yeah. 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 And like, So do you feel better now being medicated? Yeah. Yeah. And and not so much the, the symptoms that let me 
to get tested. Yeah. But more so... Do you feel like I've heard that once you become medicated, it's almost like the world's so much clearer? Or like... Clearer, but just like... I'm, I'm, I'm not swimming upstream anymore. Like, yeah. you know, you're in the, the tube going down the stream with everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I have so much time. Yeah. Like I have time for hobbies and I've had, haven't had a hobby since I was like, I don't know, 15. <laughs> like I was always doing things. What's and... your um, current hyperfixation? What's something that you're like doing something? Um, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, um, probably gardening. You know what? Yeah, like just... podcasting and I'm. Four and a half months in and we're still going strong. Mm, very good. Very good. <laughs> That's how um, this whole thing I, actually started. I, I definitely think jujitsu was a hyperfixation because I started that and I went full throttle. Well, that's why and... CrossFit was with me. Well, any like, so I've always been fit, but throughout my like years of being mm-hmm. fit, I've hyperfixated on different types of fitness, yeah. which is like where CrossFit came in for the two years and now it's kind of like gone, but triathlons come back. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. like gone into the swimming side, but the swimming mm-hmm. stuff's literally lasted maybe almost two years now and I just yeah. love it so much yeah because it's and like, like some things stick because you as you grow and learn you yeah. realize what you enjoy doing and of then course, yeah. things stick but like that's another one of those like hindsight things where mm. when I was younger like I had a lot more hyper fixations I didn't know what it was yeah and, you know you and did then something that you like just, intensely enjoyed doing for a long period and of all time all of a sudden done yeah yeah, and literally, then like you shut my, the door and then the next one opens. <laughs> um, one of my good good friends from, from back in Holland, I was going to say childhood friend, but I didn't meet him until uni, so, but he would say plot twist. Mm. All of a sudden, I'd be completely out of one thing and into the next thing. Yeah. He'd go, oh, plot twist again. And I'm like, <laughs> looking back at it now, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. look, I, I showed a lot of things then. And yeah, when I got diagnosed, the only person who didn't believe it was my mom. Yeah. And then later, like I saw a few like articles in Dutch on compassed on, on my Facebook feed and I sent a few things to her and she goes, oh, look, I am so sorry. I didn't get you help when you were younger. But no, because the thing is, this right. actually like reading like those things that she was reading, she mm. was like, I, I did see that. But she'd never considered it because I wasn't wobbling on my yeah, chair. Yeah, but 20 years ago, ADHD was known as being that crazy boy who runs around the class yeah. who sits on one of those chairs. The wobbly chair. Him- yeah, yes. it's the wobbly chair kid, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it really isn't just the wobbly chair kid. So, like, we've grown a lot, yeah. So yeah, the obviously- research has grown in 20 years' time, and that's why not everybody's getting diagnosed at the moment, but the research has finally caught up with us yeah. that yeah. it's making sense and the symptoms are now showing that yeah, it does happen it to is... in women too. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not just hysteria. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, and it presents differently in everybody. And right. like in some people you don't see it because it it's like you've managed to cope with it for so many years. I but think it just we've mastered ends it up, so well as well. Yeah, and it just ends up building up in years and years of mm. not giving yourself the credit that you should be getting. Like Correct. I always felt like I wasn't doing enough and I was just constantly mm. going and going until I couldn't and I had one of those burnouts and I still yeah. felt like I wasn't doing enough. No, I feel exactly the same. And then you have the people around me being like, or around yourself, being like, wow, you've achieved so much by mm. your age. And I'm like, you know what? I really feel like I haven't done anything. Yeah. I like, I feel like I look at all my friends I went to school with. I say this a lot, but they're married and have kids. And I'm like, I own a house, I have a business, I have a career, but I still just don't feel like I've achieved enough. Like I feel like having a family and kids is so much more important. 
but yeah, yeah. I've done so and much. And that's, that's just, yeah, it's another cultural thing that, Yeah, you like know. that, but I mean, like, it's also, like, I've just done other things mm-hmm. that are way bigger. Like, they don't yeah. have the house. They don't have, yeah. you know, like, yeah, the business yeah. on like, the side and, and their career. Yeah, I think I think the business is a big thing and, you're like, yeah, building building your career. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah. you know, those people, they, they do the general, like, blueprint of life of, like, go to uni, get a job. Yeah. Or a little bit in your job, but like find someone, get married, buy a house, have kids. Like, yeah. We just yeah, done that, it another that way around. Gets you, <laughs> yeah, that sort of roughly gets you there by like age 30, depending on how lucky you are in the Adelaide Mandrod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, by the time you hit 30, you have, unless you get really unlucky, you know, you, you, you've gotten through those stages. Yeah. But if you decide to do anything different with your life, like move halfway across the world and then spend two years in the other country, purely devoted to the guy you moved there with because he was stressed and was still stressed, even though I did everything. Um, so, you know, <laughs> you live, yeah, you learn and grow. And yeah, mm. I feel definitely felt for a couple of years that I was behind in like where I wanted to be. And now that I have yeah. the gym at 30, like now 31, like I was 30 when we opened and yeah, yeah, that's like, like I'm, I'm okay with that. And you're happy where you are now. So you feel like yeah. you've achieved what, where you've always wanted to be. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've achieved where I wanted to be. I sort of, yeah, the family and kids probably a little bit lagging still, but yeah, then... you've still got 10 years. You've been, like, do you know what yeah. I mean? As in the kids' side, before you become geriatric. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I'm, all, but I'm also, again, already feeling rushed. So I literally went through egg freezing a couple months ago. Do you want to talk about that? We can definitely Go talk on. about well, that. Because I have never, and you, you probably didn't know this, because you picked a lot of things from my, from my Instagram that I, like, openly talk about. Or from and what I, I knew... As you as a person, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, I haven't really been talking about this too much, and it's simply because I haven't had time. Yeah. Like, I had that strongman comp last weekend, and I got to, like, Wednesday, still hadn't posted any footage of it because <laughs> I had no time. Yeah. And then one of my members comes in, she goes, how did you go on the weekend? I'm like, oh, yeah, like, I won. And <laughs> she goes, oh, I didn't see anything, like, on your socials, so I wasn't sure if it was, like, a... a, a don't don't go there sort of subject uh like no. if that was a bad sign that i had i'm like no i've just been flat out man i have had no time and yeah i really also probably don't know where to start in terms of like like showcasing sort of that process and what it was yeah. like and it was it all happened really quick as well yep and so back to the doctor stage <laughs> yeah yeah so like i just feel like so where, where i am at now just having started the business and obviously it all needs to grow and it's going to take a couple of years yep. and Damien's doing an apprenticeship where he's going to be another couple of years before he really gets to like grow into his career and, yep. and just also be f- for myself as well, just running a new business, like for yeah, both of us absolutely. to be financially stable enough to think we can provide for kids. Like we're a couple of years away and that's like probably a little bit later than I wanted to. Like my parents and this is also a fitness thing. But my parents had me relatively late. My mom was 35. My dad was 43. They were mm-hmm. a fair bit apart. And they could just never keep up. And, like, I was an only child, so I also didn't have – I had no siblings to go on theme park ride with. Yeah. You know? They didn't want to do that. They, you know, and, you know, but yeah. So part, I think, I don't want to get to that age before I have kids Yeah. for that reason. But then again, I'm much different, and I will be fit enough because I'm going to keep doing what I do for the rest of my life. Correct. Because now that I am happy in my skin, I don't want to go back there. Yeah, so I was just like, you know, 
a bit hesitant about like having a couple more years to wait. So I was like, it's been showing up more and more. And um, do you follow Sedge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She so was talking about. She it. was talking didn't about. Did she go on the ABC and talk about it? On... Yeah, she did too. Yeah, um, I saw that. And that was a more like, I think what I most recently saw of her. So like, she was really happy that she did it, and she actually got a very good result as well. As did I. I was really lucky, and it's just, it just, I think, another it's kind reason of why yourself for the yeah, future. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a good like, the doctor as described it. It's like it's just good feel safe. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know? Yeah, so what, like I saw from her or from the ABC things, it was like it's getting pushed a bit much on on especially people that are too young for it. Yes. And fair, hundred percent fair. From like more recent posts, because uh, I think she's coming back to Adelaide. Yeah, like it shows more of like, yeah, I got a good result, and I'm happy I did that. And I'm much the same. Mm-hmm. It was a wild process of like hormones and injecting and injections and, how did um, you feel going through those and how many oh that's fine i'm great with needles like i've had so many blood tests done in my life to figure out what's wrong with my brain yeah. and uh, there's other things that we discovered along the way that means that every now and again i get ivs because my body doesn't absorb zinc very well okay and i don't want to get deficient so i get ivs every once in a while so i like i'm good with needles mm-hmm. i can just sit there put them in like, <laughs> look at like look at them putting putting them in no i so, don't um, sorry, like the little insulin needles, like, like no worries. Yep. Um, that was fine. And I was like, I didn't get super hormonal either. Mm-hmm. I got really like, you get it like a trigger injection a couple of like 36 hours prior to your collection. Yep. I got so sick. Really? Vomiting. Worst headache I've had in my life. Like, like a hormone injection. Is that why? Yeah. Like, I don't know like what exactly went wrong there. Mm. Cause it's not like headaches and nausea vomiting are like a side effect of that injection but hopefully not to that extent like i was ready to go to hospital wow and you're not supposed to have like all sorts of painkillers and because of everything that and part of that is also mostly the ivf side of the process where if they go and put something back in you can't have had ibuprofen you can only have had paracetamol okay scientific mumbo jumbo that wasn't necessarily relevant to me so i didn't dive too far into it but it's i think it affects your uterine lining yeah if you've had ibuprofen okay. so right. for those who go and get like collected and then get them put back in a couple of days later you kind of had ibuprofen yes so you can only get paracetamol if your head is fun feeling fact. like it's about to explode yeah um <laughs> yeah fun fact <laughs> yeah very interesting process got really bloated mm. they um, collected, they took out 11 eggs and froze 10. Mm-hmm. One of them didn't make it. I don't know. He didn't go very well. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, like the wickedest part of the process was after, like obviously like vomiting in the middle of the night wasn't great, but um, I had get- also never had anesthetic, so that part of it was oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so like I'd never done sleepies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> did you get but- a lollipop at the end? <laughs> no, I did not. I did get snacks. Okay. You do get snacks when you're That's in right. recovery. Yeah, you also pay for that. So, Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not a cheap process. Yeah, um, but definitely worth it. Yeah, look, it will be in the long run. I'm pretty sure it will. The weeks after, because I had grown so many eggs, my follicles were huge cramping like I had days where I couldn't stand up straight wow and I have never had bad periods in my life so it just makes you think like this is also why I haven't really spoken about me getting eggs collected because it's such a drip in the ocean Mm. compared to like I did this because I want to like feel safe my future but like the amount of people that have to do it because they can't conceive naturally. Yeah, or and for medical problems. Or, yeah, yeah. And other other things. And, like, the p- amount of people that have that immense pain that I felt after. 
every month because they have endo and doctors mm. are refusing to get them the proper tests and everything. It's just wicked. Like yeah. I had, you know, there was a Indian lady came out of surgery after me and she was a bit older. So, I, you know, it wouldn't have been egg freezing. Cause like I said, the first bit's the same as with IVF. Like they got two eggs out of her. Yeah. All of that trouble. And they mm. got two eggs out and like, you know, out of my 11, one of them didn't make it. So I, if if she had both, then at least they they had something to put back in. But it's just it's so crazy, isn't like it? Like that whole thing. Like I'm happy I was in a uh, in a position where I could do that and like look after my future mm. because I have other priorities at the moment, which yeah. I think you know where a lot of like athletes like Sedge are doing it as well because you're just at this level where you want to keep competing a little bit longer and you mm. really can't put your body through that. Yeah, uh, yeah, and have that time off. I think um, as well that there's so much more research into that again. Like, yeah, this, hey, yeah all they're these... finally putting research into women's health. Really, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And but like, it's it's such a in comparison to what people struggle with yeah. on a monthly or daily basis. It's crazy, hey. Like, yeah, and it's again, it's like such a silent thing because you can't really show the effects on the outside, like yeah. ADHD. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's again, and it's, you know, and it, a lot of it leads to, again, people being on antidepressants just mm. to cover up that they're in pain three weeks out of the month. Yeah, yeah. You know, it has nothing to do with being depressed. It's just crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life of being a woman, let's just call it mm, that. <laughs> it is wicked. It yeah. is absolutely wicked. That's why we need doggos, don't we, Sadie? That was my next question. What's the importance of owning a sausage dog or two? (laughs) (laughs) Well, the importance of owning two is... Double the love. (laughs) We have to support the veterinary industry. (laughs) Because two are so much more expensive than one. Okay, that answers my question not to get a second one anytime soon. Oh, look, look, it's it's worth every penny. How old are yours now? um, It's their birthdays next week. (gasps) They'll be three and six. That's so exciting. They're getting a ball pit. Um, so hopefully they don't listen to this before I uh, before. Well, they're... Wednesday it will come out Wednesday. Yeah, so I'm just not going to let them listen to it because okay, they're okay. not supposed. It's a okay. surprise. Yeah, sure. sure. Um, <laughs> I'm sure they've caught on to it by now, but you know, because um, I've Sadies. been like sneakily dragging big like Kmart like bags of balls <laughs> through the house. That's um, amazing. Yeah, it's her second birthday on the 20th of December. So yeah. yes, we're coming up to yeah. it too. Uh, but yeah, so they're three years apart. And I thought I was ready for another puppy when I got Luca, and I was not ready for <laughs> this puppy. This puppy has eaten my walls. No. Like, literally has chomped away at the plasterboard in the hallway and in the bedroom. Like, there's just, like, little, like, round marks yeah. of, yeah, it's wicked. Um, Is it but second it's... child syndrome? Was your first one like that? Um, no. No. Chippa had separation anxiety, okay. so I took him everywhere. Yeah. He was a stressful puppy, and then Luca was a stressful puppy in a completely different way. <laughs> and now they come with me, and yeah, but they live their best gym life. They live their best gym life. Like quite often, we walk there because it's so sh- like it takes mm. me about fifteen minutes to walk them there. That's how close I am. And they get pets, <laughs> and they get to bark um, <laughs> as much as they like. <laughs> and they get to hang out with mom actually a lot more than when I was PTing because I was. I was, I was much of us at home. I was never in the same room as them. So mm. now, like, I, you know, get to walk past and pet them every now and again. They sit <laughs> in the corner, have their own bean bag. Like, they're incredibly <laughs> they spoiled. They live their best job. job they, they're dog living life. their best life. <laughs> and they are just the cutest together. Like, Lovely they good. are inseparable. <laughs> and yeah, it was worth every penny getting a second one and just having that 
joy in your life. Like when you've had one of those days where you get to the end of the day and you just like have nothing left to give. Yeah. To having a sausage cuddle is the yeah. best. <laughs> yeah. Like And they always know when something's up and they come and like yeah. put their nose on you and make you feel a little better. Oh yeah. Especially like Luca will just he is a very clingy <laughs> puppy. Like I still call him puppy even though he's three next week. I think he's still in his head six months. Um <laughs> he has incredible energy and just yeah. If he could live in my sweater, he would. It's so good. And yeah, if I if I'm crying, he will like jump on me. Oh, that's so um, good. With that film. So what are you consuming at the moment? What's your favorite podcast, book, TV show to mm. watch? So this was an interesting one that not too much at the moment. Yeah. Because between gym and music and fans and I'm getting overwhelmed. Yeah. So I, I'm just noticing that. What's I'm your go-to trying... song to put on in the gym? To pump it up song. Um, goes back and forth. Like I've had a throwback playlist this week. Okay. Which is like like throwback, like, you know, bit of like um Fallout Boy in there as well, but more so like the dance things from when, you know, mm. um when I was in uni sort of times, like Usher and oh, like yeah. that kind of stuff. But like yeah, other than music in the gym, like and driving here, because it was a fair drive, I did put on a podcast to listen to, but because I'm only driving for like three minutes at a time or, yeah. you know, maybe 10 minutes to go to the shops or a little bit more, if anything, I just, I need quiet. Yeah. So I've been driving my car in silence for months. Yeah, right. Yeah. I, silent I drive, driving. Yeah. How yeah. good. I do that every once and in I a need, while. It's I need good. silent time. So when I'm in the gym by myself and doing like vacuuming or anything that's outside of class times, I don't have the music on. Mm. And it's just to make sure that my brain actually makes it through the end of the week. Yeah. Because I know that when I get too tired and I don't want to be there anymore, then I'm not the best I can be for mm. my members. So like, I couldn't agree more. Like all of my, what I'm consuming is silence just to, yeah. Yeah. And, and then who are you following on social media at the moment? Um, that you're loving. One that I'm loving, like it's generally like it's a genre of exercise, like videos and yeah. just like, and it's something I, I do actually consume. It's just like, other people's content of new exercises or you know ideas and variations and you know knowledge on because that's something I can do when I'm chill at home scrolling on my phone yeah and I have at least have semi-useful things to look at but there's one one guy I think his name is Jean-Paul and he does a lot of funny warm-up ideas yes yeah. and yeah Good. They're great. And like, it's just, I get a lot of things like real sent to me by members about like, you know, the best way to do burpees is to never do them, <laughs> never do them or go to the ground and lay there crying in the fetal position. And you know, the best way to build, do Bulgarian squid spots is with your head down. So people can't see you cry and like all those things. And it's just, it's hilarious. Let's but go. yeah, there is also some useful content in there of like warm up ideas, generally for partner workouts and yeah. stuff. And just like, yeah. good my favorite part to finish every podcast mm. with a guest now is five fast questions mm -hmm. and so you'll pick a number between one and 20 and i'll say the question and it's the first thing that comes to your mind you just have to spit it out okay so right. five of those what's yep. your first number six okay number six on your instagram page what are you looking at <laughs> you just said oh it. yeah yeah <laughs> workout yeah videos. look uh, uh workout videos but 
and sausage dogs. <laughs> there's so many. There's, yeah, there's, so good. I yeah. agree. Everybody, I look at them all and send them to everybody, and everybody sends them back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and then can... they get them in their feed, and they yeah, yeah. yeah. And your next number nine. Okay, number nine. Which is spirit animal? <laughs> look, probably not sausage dog. Yeah. Um, I'd say dolphin. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I'm a water. I'm a water creature. Nice. I like yeah. Yeah. Next number four. Or is something you can look forward to in the future? First thing that comes to your mind. You can't think of mm, um kids. Yeah, you yeah. like that. Fourteen. Okay, number fourteen. If you go back and tell your younger self something, what would it be? Don't worry about the, what the kids say in school. Yeah, and I've been telling younger people this. It's I like love that. once you get past high school, everything changes. Nobody cares. Yeah. Like oh, you know the bullying and everything. Like those people, like long forgotten. Like, if, if someone was to say those things to me now... You'd punch him. <laughs> well, that. Or I would just simply not care and be like, yeah, yeah cool, sure. But, like, you, you care so much about what other people think mm. until you get to the age where you just simply can't give a fuck. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Nice. All right, last one. 18. Okay, number 18 is, if you could change one thing in the world, what would it be? Anything. War. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. Um, very relevant yeah, topic, I, I guess. And yeah, it's just <laughs> it's something rem- we don't need. And we're actually recording on Remembrance Day as well. Oh, Conveniently, yeah. So. Um, yeah, look, I'm not from here. I'm not necessarily... That's a whole world thing. It's about oh. World War One. Okay. And Anzac yeah. Day is the one where it's Australia yeah, and New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. So. And Anzac Day is, yeah. Like, I'm not sure if Holland does much for Remembrance Day. Like, yeah. we have our World War Two sort of Remembrance yeah. Day, uh, which is in May, when sort of the... The war ended. Something um, like that, yeah. Yep. Yeah, because we Holland? celebrate it in, like, the end of April, so it would probably be around the same time. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, We're not celebrating, yeah. but, yeah, we have our day. But anyway, thank you so much for coming You're on and chatting welcome. about Thanks for having me. all things fitness, ADHD, and eggs. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all things health and yeah, fitness. And yeah, and women. It was kind of nice that we haven't really had that opportunity to talk about any of those topics with anybody else yet. So it was kind of mm. nice to mm. And I'm have that sure on. that the next person you ask is going to have like a not, not different... similar stories, but like a lot of things to say as well. Like, yeah. fam- I'm sure every female, like, I so many people that I talk to that have female health issues mm. and of different types and yeah different types it's always yeah we just hold it in because we think we're just supposed to deal with it on the inside and mm. then not let it out but like as soon as you start talking to people like yeah there you can expect floods <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's what women are good for right mm. well thanks and um yeah we'll tag all your uh business and everything mm-hmm. on the social media but do you want to quickly plug them before you run away um, yeah, so my gym that we've been talking about, um, which is probably the funnest gym in Adelaide, and if you <laughs> want to come and fact check that, you can very well come. We're in North Plimpton, it's called The Movement Project, or you can find us mostly on, like, through like, Google or Instagram as Movement Project Adelaide. Um, yeah, in North Plimpton, functional fitness. Not CrossFit, but better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. based on CrossFit, but yes, it is better because it does. Because you're the trainer. Well, <laughs> in part, yes, but also because there's a few things in there that yes, yeah. CrossFit sort of lacks. Like, I love it, and it's been not just a hyperfixation for me, yep. but like, there's a few things that, because, you know, we cater for general population. They don't need to do kipping pull ups. Yep. 
they don't need to do big weight barbell snatches in workouts. Like they're things that are most likely to get you injured. And if you're competing in CrossFit, then obviously you need to do those things. And you need to, you have also plenty of time to do accessories that allow you to strength to do those. Whereas your average person who just wants to get a good workout in doesn't necessarily need to learn those things. Mm -hmm. Doesn't need to do those things or risk being injured from them. So that's why we don't do them, but we do, you know wall balls and kettlebell swings and box jumps and burpees and (laughs) yeah running and um heaps like sled pushing and stuff as well love that well just moving things great Mm. well tag it all in there and yeah thanks heaps for coming you're very welcome cheers wow what an insightful episode that was taking you know your small business from your garage and taking it into a uh, large warehouse set up like jolene has Very eye-opening to listen to how uh, Jolene spoke about ADHD and her egg freezing. So I hope you found this episode as interesting as I did chatting to Jolene. And so now it's time for record time. So my record for the week, I know I've been going on a lot about the audiobooks I keep listening to at the moment, but they're just so good. So this week I was listening to Then There Was Her, written by Sophie Keisha. She's actually the one who narrates it if you listen to it on Spotify or else you can buy her book if you prefer to read it yourself. But it was such a good read about her life and and just how she like rode the up and downs of the waves that were kind of dealt to her. Yeah, good book. I'll tag it in the show notes as well if you want to go and listen or read that. Highly recommend. And talking about recommendations... Please like and share this podcast on Spotify, YouTube, and now Apple Podcasts. If you love this episode, also please tell a friend because, you know, we love sharing good things with our friends. Even, you know, this is a little podcast, so why not share it to your stories and tell us what you think of this one. Help this little podcast grow. And if you haven't already, go back and listen to one of our previous 15 episodes that we have done before this one. You might even learn something about some of the amazing guests that we've had or even some of the interesting topics we've been talking about. But if you stuck around for all 15 episodes, it's a big thank you, and I'm so glad you're still here with me. So enjoy the rest of your day, have a good week, and see you next Wednesday. Bye!